Hello. Hello. <laughs> and as you can tell, this is a new episode of the Bumbling Baristas, and today we have a guest, our first ever guest on the podcast. No, it's not Jupiter. It's not Jupiter. It's our friend Casey. <laughs> Hello. Casey's a really good friend of ours. She's a very talented writer. She also runs a thrift shop online, so she's kind of a jack of all trades. She does all the cool things that all the cool people do. Oh. <laughs> yes, she's a very close friend, and she's a loving friend. Say hello, Casey. Hello. <laughs> so today we're going to have a little talk with Casey, kind of get to know her, learn about her ideas for poetry and things like that. And then we're also going to taste some of our coffee that we've been showing sneak peeks of on our Instagram. That's Ooh. our whiskey aged, or not really aged, whiskey I guess infused coffee. <laughs> and so we're going to taste side by side our regular Rwandan and then the 30 minute whiskey soaked Rwandan. Mm. So I guess we could start with the taste first. So yeah. yeah. Let's grab some spoons. Grab some spoons. <laughs> and let's start with the regular one. So we're just going to give this a little stir, stir, stir. This is the most fun podcasting idea on earth, drinking something. I think so. So. So, Casey, while we're testing, I'm going to ask you some questions, okay? Sounds good. Cool. Um, so, what, what inspired you to start writing poetry? Have you always wanted to write poetry? I... I don't know that I've always wanted to write poetry. It started with... Um, some sort of fever dream in my room as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old listening to Taylor Swift and uh. writing my own Taylor Swift-inspired songs. And it just kind of went from there. I wrote a few, I say books, but um, they were very loosely inspired by a show I was watching at the time, The Vampire Diaries. So the books were not extreme <laughs> quality. <laughs> But um, I wrote a few, and we would pass them in between classmates and stuff. So I think that's where I my passion for writing sort of took off is when um, I was sharing and getting feedback, and people were supporting me. Um, and then I got to college, and everything just you know shot up from there. I had professors pouring into me, and people um, giving me new pieces of knowledge and tools that I hadn't had before. So cool. Yeah, what do you think of the first coffee? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had this one of y'all's before. Yeah, this is one that we've just kind of had testing out for ourselves. We haven't really sold it yet before. Mm. I like it because it's, it's really bold. Mm. And it tastes like um, that first sip when you're just like, everything is, I picture like, um, a, so a soccer mom mm. running around with like a bunch of kids and she pours her first cup of coffee and everything goes silent. Oh, yep. And like for a moment, she has a moment to herself and that's what that coffee tastes like. Yeah, that's a really great description. Wow. Okay. So, uh, time to taste the second one of these coffees. Give this bad boy a stir. So the weird thing about this coffee is, of course, it, it 
it definitely smelled different when we when we took it mm-hmm. out of the whiskey. Like it smelled like baker's chocolate was the best description we could think of. Like almost bitter chocolate. And I think if this is something that we do again, we are definitely going to work on our um, our drying method for it because it did not grind like I wanted it to grind. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Sarah? It almost has a tobacco taste to it. Mm, that's what I was going to say. It's sweet enough. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a little more harsh on the tongue than the first one. It's definitely more bitter. This one I picture um, an old but young Irishman, like really hefty man, in a bar drinking coffee because he doesn't drink um, alcohol anymore. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, his, he's still, like he still wants like the episode of Cheers. You know? Mm. Yeah, he's recovering. Yeah. But it's also, his new drug of choice. Yep. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm not mad about it. No, I really like it. I like it as well. Yeah, I'm not mad at all. But yeah, it's definitely completely different than the first one. Mm-hmm. Noticeably. The, yeah, the first one's kinda kinda has a good acidity to it from it being like an African coffee. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot sweeter on the first drink, but the second one just kind of is bold and earthy all the way through. There's no, there's no change. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, so I would say that's successful. That was successful. That was a good job, everyone. Good job. <laughs> Air high fives. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> So separated by a couch. <laughs> we can still be supportive. <laughs> so Casey, um, a fun fact that I don't think anyone really knows, but pretty much probably us three and maybe one or two other people, is that at Sarah and I's wedding, you helped write the poem that was read to us during our ceremony. Oh, and it was such an honor, too. <laughs> um, Y'all, I cried. <laughs> oh. I'm so glad that you loved it. It was really awesome to get to work with um, Lucy, the other poet that um, was featured on the poem with me. It was really, I mean, I've never written a piece. I don't think, I don't want to speak for Lucy, but I don't, I can't say she has either, but a piece like this for someone's wedding. I mean, just the experience in general, it's hard to, it's hard to accurately describe how much of an honor that is. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks for that opportunity. It was really lovely. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Sarah cried. I definitely was probably... Yeah, cry. I definitely probably was crying, <laughs> but... We did something right then. Yeah, y'all, y'all did amazing on that, and oh. shout out to Lucy. We love her, and hopefully mm-hmm. someday she'll be in another guest on this podcast. Woohoo! <clears throat> so you said you started writing when you were in middle school, high school? Yeah, I was, I mean... I asked my mom a few months ago, just out of curiosity, when I started writing, and she said (laughs) that I was writing things as soon as I could, like I was writing stories as soon as I was able to write, so I don't want to say that um, it started in middle school, but I would say that's when a sense of 
professionalism <laughs> entered the scene. <laughs> um, and it wasn't just me um, having little, like, I love my dog. His name is Buddy. His, his favorite treat is this. And <laughs> um, it was more of, um, there was a plot, you know, and there was imagery and there were different things that I hadn't had the chance to learn about until that point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody probably listening has written poetry in their lifetime, at least probably for an English class assignment. And I'd say that's definitely the extent of my poetry and reading it back now, I would probably be very uncomfortable because it was probably really moody and had oh. no real meaning. It was more of just, this is what the teacher probably wants to read. Mm. Um, my version of poetry was the, if you open the book of, I think it's either New Moon or Eclipse, <laughs> Robert Frost has a quote. Oh my goodness. And, oh my goodness. Can um, you quote it from heart? Gosh, it was like... <laughs> oh Lord. Putting you on the spot. Yep. Something about fire and ice. Oh, hmm. I'm ashamed. I don't know it either. I, I definitely. I I read I'm those. Go get it. Hold on. I read those books once. <clears throat> Keep so, us updated. <laughs> yeah. Why Sarah goes and finds that book real quick. Um, something that I've talked to, I've talked to you, I've talked to Lucy about also is like kind of trying to figure out a definition for poetry because mm. I think that's something a lot of people struggle with because yeah. I it's hard for me to say wow this is poetry and then be like oh wait no this is a book or this is like <laughs> a short story yeah because I mean I I really don't know the difference mm. and I'm not sure if you know the difference or if you can enlighten us a little bit I should have known this question was coming. <laughs> it's a difficult, I mean, it's a difficult topic to, to address because once you ask what something means or what something is, you're putting labels on what it can or can't be in the future. So it's hard. I want to be careful not to limit poetry in what it is, but I also, I do want to give it a little bit of definition or boundary. So, um, but before I do that, I think Sarah is back with the quote. Are you back with the quote? Yep. Oh, Lord. I didn't Google and it. And she has it. So I didn't think of Googling it when Lucas told me just like five seconds ago. That would have been good, too. But I mean, yeah. you had the book ready. So it's called Fire and Ice. And it says, some would, some, they, no. Uh, some say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. From what I've tasted of desire... I hold with those who favor fire. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. Robert Frost. Robert that, Frost. That is my extended poetry, guys. <clears throat> that was lovely. Snaps all around. Woohoo! <laughs> so, to build off that poem, it definitely had a rhyming structure. Mm-hmm. Is that another thing that you kind of need for poetry, or does that really matter? Because, mm. I mean, I've I've read I've definitely read poems that didn't rhyme, and mm-hmm. I think that's where I get confused. Is, I mean, growing up, I always thought poetry had the rhyme. Yeah, I thought it had to have the rhyming structure because that's what our teachers made me memorize when I was in like middle school was different yes. rhyming structures and how to <laughs> analyze them and all that. Yeah, 
Um, that's a really common school of thought, especially in poetry, is the things that we were taught when we were younger are the things that we carry on. So like if we were taught that poetry is, you know, only rhyming or it is Dr. Seuss or um, <clears throat> it's got to be these serious um, or, as you said, moody or depressing sort of um, somber themes, then, yeah, that's all we're going to think of it as. But I really think going to college and learning that poetry can also be, and this goes back to the definition of poetry, but poetry doesn't, it's not a requirement for those things to be in a poem. So, I mean, to just to kind of get like a rough definition around the edges, um, I mean, that's a really hard question. I would say poetry is, or it has been defined as, um, people telling some sort of story or describing something or something's being said, um, with more care and, um, attention to detail than most other forms of writing, um, whether that is rhyming or whether that's structurally, um, some poems will, um, be in different shapes. So I wrote a poem one time um, in the shape of a woman's silhouette. Um, and I wouldn't say that it's a short fiction, like I wouldn't say it's a short story or anything else because um, it's poetry and because there's sort of an art to it. So I sometimes I feel like it's a mix of uh, all of its art, of course, but it's a mix of visual art and writing. Um, because you do have to pull some tricks, you have to pull, and then there's spoken word as well, and so is your poem meant to be said aloud, is it meant to be read or seen, you know, there's just so many things to think about, so I, I think it's writing mixed with visual art, um, is one of the, I don't even know if that accurately describes it, but that's what I would say is one of the best ways. Wow, yeah, that was, yeah. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's kind of hard to put a put a box around it, but I mean, it's got a different different definition every year, so it doesn't need a box. It's constantly evolving, yeah. <laughs> and so one of the things that you said during that was talking about like the just visuals of it on the page, and that's something that I started realizing is kind of a big deal when I started actually just buying books that have poetry in them and mm -hmm. not just buying novels. Mm is seeing that the biggest one for me is punctuation isn't as big if even that big of a deal mm. in some of the poetry and then in some poetry punctuation seems to be like a very important factor in it mm. and I think that's the one that frustrates me but also intrigues me the most is because I don't know I always thought punctuation was like the end-all be-all for writing anything Mm. And then I'm reading poetry now and I see poems that are a couple pages long and there'll be no punctuation <laughs> or it'll be a couple pages long and there'll be punctuation just randomly sh like thrown in there. Mm -hmm. And is there any, is there any insight you have on that? Like is punctuation something that is kind of like a, you use it if you need to use it, you don't have to use it. Is there like a underlying mm. rule for poetry? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's no rule. I think something that you mentioned about rules, I think there's just not, 
Poetry is constantly breaking the rules. Poets are pushing the bounds of what counts as poetry and what doesn't every time they put out a new poem. Um, of course, we're building off of things from the past. So we're building off of poets like Emily Dickinson, who um, is more of a lyrical poet, and um, <laughs> Frost, who had a lot of rhyming poetry. I mean, I think just whatever the poet is desiring to put out into the world at that time is what poetry is going to shift toward at that point so there's a push and pull toward rhyming and away from rhyming and lyrical and non-lyrical and those sorts of things um but there's no defined rule as to punctuation or no punctuation um there's definitely some guidelines um a professor I had um a few years ago he was a poetry professor of mine and his, one of his pet peeves was when someone would end a line of poetry. So if you're looking at a stanza um, or like a paragraph almost, there's lines in it. Um, and on the right side is where the line ends in the English language, at least. <laughs> um, and so if there's a period at the end of that, at the very end of the line, um, they called it like hanging punctuation sometimes. And he would get so frustrated because there's no need for it if it's at the end. And that was his personal opinion. But um, I, I mean, some of my poems, I choose to put one at the end of the line. And then some of them, I choose no punctuation whatsoever. And it just, it depends on how you want the poem to be received. So if you read it to yourself in your head, that's what the flow of the poem is going to be. So if you're reading it um, all at once and it's too quick and you've written your poem and you're like, man, there's no punctuation and everything reads really quickly, but I want this to be more of a slow paced piece and calm and have more of a gentle, um, peaceful feeling to it, then I need to add some punctuation. Um, but if you add too much punctuation, um, then you've got a lot of stops and it's a, a lot of um, jutting around and that sort of thing. So it really just depends on what you're going for. There's no I, I don't want to encourage anyone to set any boundaries as far as um, punctuation and um, those sorts of things. Feel free to break away from the norm of um, what writers have brought before when before your time, before when you're writing, but also um, don't don't be afraid to pull from old things as well. So Wow, okay. That, yeah. <laughs> that answered my question and probably a couple more that I had. <laughs> so to do like a quick 180 on on things that we introduced you as, you also run a small thrift account and you're pretty active on, you know, keeping people educated on the benefits of not buying fast fashion mm -hmm. and buying used clothing and donating clothing, things like that. Can mm -hmm. you speak a little bit about what brought you, like what made that a passion of yours? I think <laughs> since I was young, so it actually, it's funny that this is the Christmas season. Since I was young, my parents have always asked me like, what do you want for Christmas? And I've been fortunate enough to have a family that for the most part, we could afford a few gifts for Christmas. Um, but it was hard looking around and seeing like my friends who would wear the same pair of sneakers for five or six years in a row and they'd have holes in them and um, stuff like that. It just made me wonder where the money that they're using, could it be going somewhere else? Um, 
And I think I was maybe high school the first time I asked if we could donate the money they were going to spend on me for Christmas to charity. Um, they did not like that idea. <laughs> but like, no. <laughs> absolutely not. But and then that fueled me a little bit more because why would we as a and this is exactly what it is, but as a um, consuming society, why would we want to give ourselves things that either we already have or that they're not necessarily needs when there's people around us who have needs that aren't being met. Um, So it was a mix of that feeling plus just being in college and needing a little bit of extra income. That's always a fun, um, a fun time. So I just decided to experiment. um, And Instagram is such an open platform nowadays. You can't really go wrong. Yeah. I mean, people are making accounts left and right for businesses or for different media things. And I'm just, I took it as a chance to get myself out there and kind of talk about um, my views on secondhand shopping and um, just putting more items into the world that don't necessarily need to be um, and reducing carbon footprints and all of those things. And um, so, yeah, secondhand is very important to me. Snaps all around, man. Snaps all around. So, Sarah, I think it is about that time. Or it's time for a nap break. I think it's time for a nap break. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, who's today's sponsor? Well, it's good old Roundabout Roasters. Roundabout Roasters, your favorite local roasting company, ran by Sarah and Lucas. That's us. So right now we do have a fun Christmas slash whatever holiday you want it to be because who cares? And then it's a great blend. It's called the Fuzzy Socks Blend. It's warm. It's inviting. It's pretty much everything you can think of when you're drinking some coffee in front of an open fire. That's mm-hmm. what I like to think of it as. And it's on our Etsy page. And right now, if you go on our Etsy page, we have a sale going on. That's until the 18th. So, like, a few days. So, probably you'll have a day after this podcast to do this sale. Do it. Do it. So, along with the Fuzzy Socks blend, we also have three or four other rotating coffees that are going through right now probably my favorite is our mexican blend coffee that we just got in we just threw it up on our website check it out check us out on instagram find all our updates we also have stickers we also have stickers now that's a big deal that's a really fun thing we love stickers we love printing them here instead of having to ship them out and have them sent to us and have us wait and see wow what if we hate it what if the printing's bad we've got to be able to we found a way to print it ourselves, and that's been super helpful and also been a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, check out Roundabout Roasters on Instagram. And Facebook. And Etsy. Thanks. So, to end our podcast, Casey, we always have our recommendation corner. Mm. So, Sarah, would you like to start us off with what you would like to recommend? Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, I would like to recommend, if you haven't already, to listen to the new Taylor Swift album, Evermore. (laughs) Boy, Champagne Problems is all I'm saying. Is that your favorite one? No. Honestly, I really love Champagne Problems, but I also really love Coney Island, because I just love the national in general. Mm. Um, But I really like, like, all the collabs that she did, and all the, like, the solo projects that she did. Yeah. And I think... Personally, I'm a really big Taylor Swift fan, and this album means a lot. So, wow. Okay. Well, 
Uh, I would say today I would recommend buying your own plants. It's a weird thing. It's not really the best season for plants right now. It's really cold. But also, I am sitting here recording this at our kitchen table, and I'm looking at my two pepper plants that I love with every soul, ounce, whatever it is that makes me up. I love these plants, and honestly, like, keeping a plant alive, seeing a plant flower, seeing a plant, if it's an edible kind of plant, see it produce fruit, it kind of can't get any better than having your own plant. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a pet that is for the long run. And it doesn't really give you a lot back, except for oxygen, which is kind of the most important thing. So yeah, get some plants. Um, I was actually going to also have a plant recommended, or a plant related recommendation. So it's oh. great that you said that. Cool. My recommendation is an app that was shown to me by a friend called Picture This. <gasps> yes. And have you heard of it? Yes. No. Oh, it's amazing. So I think there's a paid version, but the free version is enough for me. Um, It's like a camera, and so you just point your camera at your plant, and then it tells you what type of plant it is, what state of health it's in, um, if it's in an emergency, like if it needs more water or more sunlight, or if it's sick or um, that sort of thing, and it tells you about where it's from. So it's amazing. It's changed my life. Oh, yeah, for sure. But on top of buying your own plants, if you buy your plants and then you get home and your friends are like, what kind of plant is that? I've never seen that plant. Pull out your picture this app and just zoom, 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 figure it out. <laughs> awesome. So thank you so much, Casey, for yes, being our first you. guest. Thank, thank you for having me. I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. And also thanks for basically giving us like a little master class in 30 <laughs> minutes or so. We, oh my goodness. I, I don't know. Sarah, did you learn anything? I learned a lot. I was about to say, I learned a whole lot. Aww. So yeah, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Ooh.